Amen. Let's get started here. We're talking about blessed. Look at your bulletin. There's some notes you can follow along with me. You know, back in uh, back a long, long time ago, when we knew we were going to do the blessed series by the beginning of the year, we, we, we you know, the Lord began to deal with me. I, I did a, a blessed life series about four years ago in, in 2012, and I thought, well, we'll kind of go along the same round, but the Lord said, no, I want you to go a different route. And if you haven't been here and haven't listened to the, 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 the how many have we done? Two so far. Is it two? Two messages? Two weeks? Dang. This, it's almost Christmas. Anyway, um, go back and listen to those messages, because what does it mean to be blessed? Because we use that term all the time, I'm blessed. Well, what does that mean? Or bless you? Are, are you cursing them? Or what, what are you doing? What does that mean when you ask, tell someone to be blessed? And really, we break it, brought it down to really the, the foundational elements of the word. And what it means to be blessed is whatever gets you in contact with the kingdom of God. That means you're blessed. When you're in, in contact with his kingdom and living his kingdom, you are blessed. It doesn't mean financially. It, I mean, you can have all the money in the world and still be depressed, and that is not blessed. So what does it mean? It doesn't mean that you have finance. It doesn't mean you have friends. It, that doesn't mean anything, because you can have all the friends in the world. You can have more people like you on Facebook than anything and say happy birthday to you. It doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean you're blessed. What makes you blessed? Really, it's him. It's knowing him and becoming like him and doing what he calls you to do, the kingdom. And so what I want to talk to you about today is what, um, what does a blessed heart look like? And I'm not talking about your physical heart. When we talk about your heart, we're talking about who you really are, the inner man, your spirit. What does a blessed heart look like? So I want to turn to Matthew chapter 7 um, because, you know, the Bible says that that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what type of heart leads us to a blessed life? Because what you do is out of what you believe, right? How, what you do, what you say, is what you believe in your heart. So what your belief systems are really determines if you're really going to be blessed. That means you're going to really be in contact with the kingdom of God in all the areas and departments of your life, okay? So let's look at this, this verse, these couple of verses in Matthew chapter 7. Look at this. Verse, verse uh, 1 says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own. Now, this is the Sermon on the Mountain. Jesus is talking about attitudes of the heart. Judgments come from the heart, right? The way you judge comes from your belief system on how you believe, how you might have been judged, and what you do. It's really a fleshly thing a lot of times. So we need to look at this. So he says here, judge not and you will not be judged, but with the same measure you use it, you judge it will be measured back to you. Now, now turn over to Luke chapter 6. Same set of verses, uh, Luke's version of it, verse 37. Look at this. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So similar, similar things going on here. He says, judge not, and then 
with the same measure, it'll be measured back with you. Now, these are the same sins, same things that back in, in Matthew 7. So we see here, these things are a hard issue. And giving is also a hard issue. And that's why, that's why what Jesus is saying here, whatever you give. Now, a lot of times when we use the word give, especially in the church, we were talking about money. But you know, there's a lot of other areas you give. You can give judgment. You can give unforgiveness. Or you can give forgiveness. You can give out love or you can give out hate. Or you can give out condemnation. Or you can give out acceptance. And so, so it's a hard issue. And this is what Jesus said. Whatever you give, you're going to get back more. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together. So that's the context of this verse. It's not just about money. In fact, it's more about judging. It's more about forgiving. It's more about maybe condemning. And so if you condemn, guess what you're going to get back? Condemnation, but not just what you sowed. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. It's the law of sowing and reaping. It works more than just in money. It works in your whole life. Whatever you're giving out of your heart, even finances need to be given out of your heart. Isn't that what Paul says? He says, Don't be a cheerful giver, right? So not just a gift, but be cheerful. Be in faith about it. So whatever you give, it's going to be given back to you. Now let me explain these. These are farming terms that the Jewish people would understand. So in a field, there's two types of workers. One, one type of worker is the workers that are in the field that are getting paid to do that. Okay, so they're, they're in the field, and then there's the other type of workers. Actually, the, God said that the corners of the field are left for the poor. So when you're a worker in the field, you're not going to get a basket that's full, because you know what you're going to do. You're going to carry that basket, and it's going to go into another bigger basket, and you're going to dump it in and go get more. And you're probably paid hourly, so you're not going to get a whole lot. You're going to you know, work this out a little bit more. I'm just joking. Some of you didn't get it. So this is what, that's what I do at work, Sean. I waste time. But anyway, um, so this other group is poor people who could come to the corners and harvest the harvest there. And what they would do, they would take their basket because they got one shot. They would get the basket, fill it up, press it down, shake it, and put more in because they wanted to settle. And they would press it down, shake it, until it becomes overflowing. So get this picture in your mind. They're coming off that field with a basket that's completely overfilled, overflowing, because that's all they get. And that's what this is talking about. So when you and I, you get that picture, when you and I give whatever we give out from our life, every one of us are giving out something, whether good or bad. It's going to be come back to you, pressed down. More is going to be put on, pressed down, shaken together, to loosen it up, press it down again until it's running over. So I don't know about you, but if I'm giving the wrong things out, it's going to come back to me that way. And that is not a blessed life. And so we need to learn what does it take to be blessed? Because I, I, I want everyone in here to understand this. Is that to order to have that blessed life, to be blessed, then I've got to watch what's coming out of my heart. And I've got to make sure it's the right things, it's the God things in the way He wants us to live this life. Because, you know, condemning people condemn themselves. 
If you're condemning other people, there's probably some things in your heart and your issues and your belief system that's hurting you. That makes you condemn other people. Same thing with unforgiveness, same thing with judgment. And that's what's happening here. And so we see here that we need to figure out what kind of heart do we need. Now turn to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Because these are all issues of the heart. And we need to learn this. We need to learn how to forgive. We need to learn how to give the right things. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. Let's let's watch how God deals with giving and the heart here. He says in in verse 7, it says, If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you. We'll come back to that. You shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. You should underline that. Saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing and cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes a sin among you. Now, let me explain these verses because we need to understand this because a lot of times this is what happens. A wicked thing comes into our heart. Because the first thing that we need to deal with in our heart, we need to deal with selfishness in our heart. We need to deal with a selfish heart. Now, look at verse 9. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying the seventh year that you release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cries out the Lord against you, and it becomes a sin among you. You know, selfishness produces sin. And let me explain this, this verse for you. It says, don't let that wicked thought come into your mind. Then it talks about the seventh year of release. Let me explain this. God had implemented an economic system in Israel that in the seventh year, all debts were canceled. Woohoo! Let's do that. Which, which one of our politicians is going to say that one? Amen? No one. Anyway, um, so, so, so the wicked thought here is that it's the seventh year. And, and probably just in a few months, it's going to start all over again. And so the wicked thought is that in the seventh year, if someone comes to you for a loan, and there's only like six months left, and the debt is canceled, and you're out of your money. That's the thought, that I'm not going to lend this guy anything until after this starts all over again, because I want my money back. And that's what God says is a wicked thought. And he says, don't let that get into your heart. God is saying, I want you to be a giver like I am. And a lot of times we have this selfishness in us. See, why did God invent giving anyway? Now, I'm not just talking about money, even though this is right here. Why did God invent giving? So we wouldn't be selfish. God says, I want you to give to be just like me. It's not like he needs it, but we need it. It's a blessing to give. Giving deals with selfishness and greed in our life. You know, selfish and greedy people are the most miserable people I know. They're, they're miserable. The happiest, joyful, peaceful most people are the most generous people. See, the whole heart of giving finances, giving love, giving 
peace and joy and what you have received is about to combat selfishness in your life. You see, we were born getters, weren't we? How many guys ever had kids? You know, that's all, especially when they're born, they just want from you. And they, they don't even say thank you. When I have to wake my wife up in the middle of the night to go get the baby, they don't say thank you to me. <laughs> now, when I got up and got, went and got the baby, and I did, I actually did do that. But it's, we're getters. That's all we do is we, we want to we get and but we've been born again. And when you're born again, you're born again as a giver. What is one of the hardest words to teach your children? Share. But God's trying to do that to you and I. Share. What you have received, share. Give. We are born with a nature that is to take. And when we are born again, we're, we have in a different nature. And it's to give and not to seek to give back. Selfishness can kill and destroy your destiny. Selfishness will rule you to the point where you're going to come to church just for yourself. In your worship times, it's going to be all about you, not all about Him. It's going to be about what you receive. You start doing worship, all you're seeking is the, is the goosebumps that you get in worship. Worship's all about God. It's not about you. It's all about God. And when you have all this selfishness, it becomes an ugly thing. Giving combats selfishness. You should never even come to worship to get something. Because it's all about Him. Do that in your prayer time. Do that when, you, when you're praying and asking God, and He releases you to do that. But you come to give to the Lord, right? That's what church is. Actually, you come to church not about you. It should always be about others. Come on, just it's okay to clap on that one. It's all about others. But what selfishness does is that what, what am I going to hear today is going to help me. I haven't really talked about money in this series yet. And I'm thinking I may not. Just to stop you from being selfish in your finances. Hey, Sean, how's that going to help? I don't, I don't want to talk about the blessing that just comes. In fact, I've kind of stayed away from that. It's about giving of what you have gotten from the Lord. You know, the great thing about God is, though, He's a giver, isn't He? How many do come to worship and you worship the Lord, but you always receive something? Why? Because that's His nature. He can't help but to give. In fact, some of you have come in here with a hangover and you lifted up your hands and He still gave out love to you. Isn't that cool? That's how good God is. So we have to deal with the selfish heart. Here's the second heart we have to deal with. We have to deal with a grieving heart. Look at verse 10. He says, you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved. Talking about the guys didn't want to give because of the year of release. And your, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. This thing, this thing he's he's referring to is giving with the right heart. This is what he's saying. If I can get you in the right heart and where you are giving out of your heart, not selfishly, that I can bless everything in your life. 
I can bless your kids. I can bless your marriage. I can bless your finances. I can get, if I can get you to give generously, I can bless every part of your life. Selfishness attacks us before we give, but this is what happens after we give. We, grief attacks us after we give. And when you give, what happens is the devil says, uh-uh, you shouldn't have done that. You, you must take grief and get it out of your life by taking the opportunity to believe God. I remember one time Lisa and I, were, we, we had no kids, but we were in between jobs, and we were at this service, and the Lord told me, give everything you have. Clean out your bank account. And so I asked Lisa, and he had told Lisa the same thing. And so we, we wrote our check, and we wrote it to where it's zero in our account. I'm not, not one penny, nothing. We, wrote, we knew exactly what it was in there, and we wrote that check. But I felt like I needed to give everything, and I knew there was change in my car. We had a 1988 Chevrolet Corsica, the worst car I ever had. And it was down in the parking lot, and so I ran out. Because I, I took this thing literally. I'm going to give everything. I went through the seats. You know how they get money gets back in the seat. I found a lot of money. I mean, it was like ten or fifteen bucks that was in there. I mean, there was even. Ca- I mean, there was cash in those seats. So I got every penny. I looked on the floor. I I I, I cleaned us out. So I'm walking back up to this um, place, and I'm I'm going. I'm excited when I'm walking, starting to walk back. But then I start thinking, what am I doing? I don't have a job. I, I have bills still to pay. Um, I, uh, I, I'm between, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm thinking these thoughts, and I started to grieve. And I started to think, oh, no, Lord, what's going on? And the reason I started to grieve, because I started to take ownership, I thought that money was actually mine. But the Bible says God is the one who gives you it. He is the Lord over it. And see, what happens is, is we start grieving once we start doing stuff. And we've got to get rid of that heart because I had to go and I started praying, no, this is not my money. God, you told me to give it. This is your money. And, you are, and I'm not my own self. I've been bought with a price. I am yours. And you're going to take it. And I started speaking that as I'm getting up there, working myself up to actually give the rest of the money away. And I went up there and did. I'm so thankful. God blessed us. So much. I'm so thankful. I have testimonies after testimonies of what God did after that. I mean, God is so good. And I was able to do that. But I had to do it with the right heart. I couldn't do it with a grieving heart. Oh, my goodness. What am I doing? I had to do it with the right heart. And I had to give because I do not own this. And we do this in other things. We don't forgive. You know the reason why we don't forgive? Because if we forgive and we release that person, then we lose control over that person in our life. And we don't have any reason to hold things over them anymore. And that's why a lot of people don't forgive. And they hold unforgiveness because they still want that control. We want that. See, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I can tell you, there's such a joy to know that God is our source. And so when I forgive or when I give, guess what? I release control. And I give God control. And I say, God, you're my provider. And I don't own that. I lose control. See, listen, in order to get rid of this grieving heart, you've got to lose control. And realize 
that you do not own it anymore. The, the love you have is his love. Did you know that? You didn't make this love. You didn't create this love. In fact, you can't love without his love. What's real love? It's his love. So why not give it out? You guys hear me all the time. I say this. What God does, he, he gives to you to bless you, to change you, but to move out of you. And if we dam it up, it stops coming. We've got to be faithful with it. That's why we need to love. We need to continue because if I love and if I give love, guess what comes back to me? Press down, shaking together and running over. Will men pour into my bosom? If I give finances, guess what happens? Press down, shaking together. So law sowing and reaping. If I give forgiveness, forgiveness is going to come back. And we all need that, right? If I give out condemnation and hate and judgment, guess what's going to come back to me? Same thing. I need to lose control and give what God has given me. So how do I do this? Number three, let's develop a generous heart. Let's develop a generous heart. Look at verse 14. He says, you shall supply him liberally, generously, from your flock, from your threshing floor, from your wine press, from, the, from what the Lord has blessed you with. He's saying, remember, it all came from me anyway, and you shall give to him. Now let's go back to Luke chapter 6, and look what Jesus reiterates, what we've talked about in Deuteronomy. Look at verse 30. He says, give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes, takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. We use that all the time, but we're never willing to step out in faith and do it to other people. We want them to do what we think should be done, but we don't want to sow that in. Listen, it's a law of sowing and reaping. You've got to sow. And he says, he says, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? He's saying, it's easy to love those who love you. So he goes on, for even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners and receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father God is also merciful. God is kind to the unthankful and evil. You say, Sean, well, I'm not unthankful and evil. Yes, you were. You were unthankful and you were evil at one time. And God was kind to you. And so he's saying here, listen, guys, I've done this. I died for you. I sold this for you. Sold this for other people. He says, what good is it that you do it to people that are good to you? Do it to someone who's not good to you. There's the reward. Do it to someone who can't pay you back. That's a reward. Here's what he's saying. I'm generous, and you're my kids. Why aren't you like me? Isn't that the way God is? Isn't that the way God's love is? He, he loves you, but didn't ask anything back. He chose to love. Our way of loving is love. I love you, but do you really love me? But God's love is, I love you. 
So he's saying, listen, you're my kids. Why can't you share? Share what God has given you. Share that love. Share that forgiveness. I don't understand this about Christians. They're the most unforgiving, condemning, judgmental people I know. But that's not you. That's in some other church. I'm joking. But we can be, can't we? That shouldn't be us. We should love. He's saying, guys, grow up. That's what he's saying here. Jesus is saying here. When are you going to mature? When are you going to be quit being concerned about your own stuff? I want you to be generous like me. Ephesians 5.1 says this. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. That word imitators is to be just like him. And verse 2, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice for a sweet smell and aroma. That's what God wants to do. He wants you to sow the good things he's given into you. He sowed love. He sowed forgiveness. He sowed life, right? He wants you to do the same thing. Sow that out. So guess what will come back? Press down, shaking together, and running over. What you sow. But we have to develop a generous heart. You know, the way to do that is just to do it. There's no goosebumps involved, sorry. There's no feeling involved. You just do it. You take out your wallet and you give. You take out your, what's in your heart and you give the hurt to the Lord and you give forgiveness to the person who hurt you. Sean, they haven't asked me to, for, to forgive them yet. No, it doesn't start there. It starts right here where you forgive them no matter what. You release control. And if there's people you've been condemning, stop it. Because that's what's been coming back on you. It's a vicious cycle, isn't it, sometimes? What I sow, I'm going to reap. Press down, shaking together, and running over. So guess what? Let's get that in our thinking and start sowing the right things. Be generous in your finances. Be generous in your love. Be generous in your forgiving. And then here's number four. We need to develop not only a generous heart, but a grateful heart. Look at verse 15 in Deuteronomy 15. He says, you shall remember. That means call to mind that you were a slave. You and I were slaves. He says, you were a slave in the land of Egypt. In other words, you did not own anything. That's what God's saying to us. We had nothing before him. And the Lord, your God, redeemed you. And therefore, I command you this thing to do. Notice his word command. He is ordering them to be generous. He's ordering them on the basis that they didn't have anything. That he's the one that brought them out of Egypt. He's the one that take, took them out of slavery and blessed them. And he's telling them, be like me. Be like me. And I think what's the main thing that makes us so generous, makes people generous, is that we never get over being saved. We never get over being saved. We looked at our salvation. Oh, my God. God, how could you even save someone like me? But some of us as believers have gotten into an entitlement mentality that we think we deserve this. You and I did not deserve this at all. He freely gave it. 
Your righteousness is like a filthy rag, that's the Bible said. That I could do nothing in order to get this. And I am not entitled to anything except through Jesus Christ. And through him, I live and move. Through his spirit, I live. I need him. And what can make us generous and what can make us grateful is remember that I was a slave and now I'm a son. Not because I worked for it, because he died for me to be able to make a way for me to have that. Amen? And so if I realize that, I become grateful for that. I develop a grateful heart that God... Man, I need you. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live. I live in the flesh. I live by the faith in, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I need to deal with this selfish heart by being like Jesus and giving and realizing I don't know anything. And I need to deal with this, this, this attitude that I'm owed something. And I need to start to be grateful and so thankful. And so when I give of my finances or I give forgiveness, I remember, man, I received the same thing and even so much more. And I'm so thankful to give. That's why Paul talks about when you give, you give out of a cheerful heart or don't give at all. Because when you don't give out of a cheerful heart, you know what you're saying to the Lord? I own this. This is my, I worked for this money. If that's your attitude, don't ever give here. Because we're not in it for your money. We're in it for your life. And I don't want you to sow things that are wrong. The best thing is, just just shut up until God does something with you, until you allow him to, amen? Don't sow things. So Father, help us. Ask the Lord, help me deal with the selfishness in my heart. Help me deal with the grieving heart where I've taken ownership of my life. Help me become generous and grateful. If you want a blessed life, that's how we need to sow. Because what you sow, you're going to reap. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So if you're dealing with condemnation, stop sowing condemnation. If people are condemning you, if you have unforgiveness and you have other people unforgiveness, just just start forgiving. Start sowing those things. If it's financial need, start giving. Give generously. Allow the Lord to start doing some things in your life. Give Him those hearts and make Him a generous heart. Make it a grateful heart. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. My kids have always been givers. They've been also takers from me, but also givers. I remember all my kids have done this, every single one of them. They, in fact, my daughter this morning brought in her purse, little purse. I said, well, I, she says, hey, Dad, here's my purse. I said, well, she usually doesn't carry one. I said, what do you got that for? Well, I'm going to give. I said, you're going to give all of it? Because she's a saver. She has probably every penny that she's ever, you know, gotten from us, gotten from birthdays. I mean, she doesn't spend it. And I, um, 
And I said, is this all your money? He says, no, not all of it. It's a lot of change. And, and then she has a 20 and some other things in her purse. I says, honey, you don't need to give it all. And I went, and I stopped. And she's just smiling, you know how she is. Just looking at me, smiling. I says, okay, what did God tell you to give? She reached in there and she pulls out some money. And, I, and my thinking is, stop her because it's too much money to give to the church. I'm not, this is the pastor talking. <laughs> I'm preaching this morning on what I just preached on. And I went, nope. I'm going to let her do what she feels like God told her to do. All my kids have done that. And we have allowed them to give. I mean, my daughter right now, she, um, she's a missionary and she doesn't, she doesn't have a lot of money. You know, she's doing the work of the Lord up there, and she's, she has enough. And, but uh, but I, I, I'm hearing her, and she's giving. She's going to this place to give somebody something. I'm thinking, we don't have the money for that. I want to say that. I didn't say that. See, that's, that's the heart that God has to deal with in me, that grieving heart. Let her give. Let her be like God. We need to be like God. We need to give. Give of our finances. Give of what we've been given from the Lord. So if he's given you love, and he has, give out love. Refuse to hate. Whatever he's dealt with you, give out of that. Because it's yours. To give out. He, he, he trusts you with what he's given you. To bless you, to change you, but to give out. So when someone hurts you, and they will, forgive. No matter what. Just choose to forgive. And you might have to grit to force it out, but you do it. And you continually to choose to do that and allow the Lord to heal you. Because what you sow is what you're going to reap. Press down, shaking together, and running over. So let's sow Good things, amen? Let's be a church that sows good things. I think that's why our church is so blessed. We give all the time. We give all the time. I'm thankful for you. You are givers, amen? Not just of, of your finances, but of your time. I hear stories after stories of how people are giving. Not just money but their time, their forgiveness, their love that God has given to them. Let's be a church marked by that. So when Jesus comes back, he looks at Cornerstone Church, you and I, and says, man, I'm proud of you guys. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. So Father, right now, I just pray that you show us your heart and you show us your life right now in Jesus' name. Father, help us deal with that ungratefulness in our heart. Father God, that um, lack of generosity, that selfishness. Father, show us in our lives where we've been selfish with love, or we've been selfish with forgiveness, or selfish with our finances. Father God, we choose today to not be selfish anymore, to be generous with everything that you've given us in Jesus' name. That what you've given us will now flow out of us, Lord. And that will sow the good things. That will do it with a grateful heart. 
Like, God, we don't own it. We, we lose control of ownership. We don't own the hurt anymore or the pain. You sent your son, Jesus, to take care of that. So we give that to him. And so, Father, we, we are so thankful and grateful. So, Father, develop that, that generous and grateful heart within us, and we will take those steps of faith and start doing that ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Are you worthy? Amen.